Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. We may not be able to get in on the hurling action like we're used to, but we can get in on some exclusive offers from Renault. To celebrate their third year as official car partner of the GAA, Renault is offering a range of special offers exclusive to all GAA club members. So now you can take home the win right to your door. Check out renault.ie slash GAA to find out more. With Renault, official car partner of the GAA, taking the passion of a nation to a whole new gear. A grain of rice. A grain of rice. Want to tip the scale. Just remember that, then. There's a small bit of a needle there. Now, come on, Mayor. You've got to get Andy Moran into the game. What's the show? Then we're no longer the whipping boys of Munster. Uh, hi, folks. Um, and you're all welcome back. We're going to have a look ahead now at what promises to me uh, a mold watering weekend ahead. Um, First Saturday, Limerick and Waterford, and then Sunday, the old firm being back, and uh, Cork and, and Kilkenny going to war in Croker. I'm lucky enough, I'm going to be live for one of them anyway, I believe. So uh, I'll be thrilled to be there, I have to say. And already there's texts coming in there. Uh, is there any chance, uh, Dale, the wife from Limerick, like, and you know, like this, uh, it is going to be savage. But I think we're going to have 24,000 lads, am I right? 24,000, 24, yeah. yeah, which would be tremendous as well. Like, you know, we, we, we'd we all love to have 40, but it's, it's tremendous to be getting that kind of a total map. Yeah, but I, and I, tell you, I also think that 10% of the tickets are for juveniles as well, which is a good idea because I, I'd actually like to bring this master now, Charlie, up on uh, on Sunday, to be honest with us. You know, he's he's eight now, so he, he might sit down and watch a match, like, you know. So um, I think that's very important as well because we need to. We need to spread the, the, the message to the youth as well. Like. Yeah, and I know this year has been kind of thrown into disarray, obviously, with the COVID thing and everything. We had to play quickly, and obviously it is an issue now, and we talk about that with teams playing again and again. And um, I, 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 I'd be off this point to declare not there at the weekend, but I think we'd be going for something like five out of six weeks at this stage and, and, and four in a row like Watford. And so, but it, it, the, the whole concept of this weekend of the semi-finals that has been brought in, I think, since 18, and... I was against it. I was saying we're giving away away a weekend's hurling, but I think the concept was changed and there'd be no major football and it turned in. That 18 weekend teacher will live with me for a long time because Claire and Galway obviously uh, draw and replay and the Limerick Cork match then as well and I think it was sold to hurling people there and then and um, 
I think I think it's a great concept. And I think next year when we go back to the round robin, um, I, I'd love to keep that semi final weekend. Is it? We know the like we have a festival for the final anyway between the the sevens and you know, we all love going up. Maybe some people like to go to Leperstown or Shelburne or you know and. But it's that concept of buying another weekend exclusively for hurling night for me be magic, like yeah, it is. And to be honest, I suppose like for all teams at the start of the campaign, I'm sure the message will be will be to get to this weekend. This is the one. Like you, you, you need to involved in the semi-finals. The prize is great. Um, so I said for for the teams the weekend, I'm sure they would have all probably fancied their chances of getting here. I'm sure that would be the talk. That 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 would have been dream. So yeah, a little bit of pressure on probably everybody now. I do take your point about the, the road. I don't think even though Landers is going to disagree with me, I don't think it's going to affect Cork as much because I don't think that last weekend sapped the energy out of them. I think they were in a little bit of cruise control for a good bit of the game. The Waterford factor is bigger as far as I'm concerned. It's the fourth week in a row. But then again, a bit like the story you said there, they'll about going back training the Tuesday night before are they better off? Are they not get the recovery in? The energy is up. The buzz is up. I'm sure they'll be mad for road. You know, rather than the break and thinking about it, they might be as well off to get it on this week. So I suppose that's a challenge for the management team in Waterford. Yeah, and Ken, we go, we go with that one. Obviously, we go with it, the proper order. Um, Saturday, huge repeat of the Munster final, repeat of the All-Ireland final. And now meet in the semi-final. And, and I suppose, look, at if we all stood back and looked at farm, we all probably got caught up in the Galway farm in the league. And look, we did, we couldn't see the, the Galway kind of collapsing one way, I'm going to say, um, coming. But for me, the farm teams coming in should have been Limerick and Waterford and Waterford to, to naturally improve under the second year of the Cahill Beavens access and uh, players as well stepping up and, and the likes of Gleeson really begin to hurl with that freedom we saw. Uh, he would develop into one of the best players in the country. So, but for this week, you, I'm just going to plant you in Liam Cahill's shoes and, and we wouldn't have been in this, these shoes now because but, but the last thing, for me now, I'm going to shout out my take first, Ken, and I get to it. The last thing now we'd want this week is to be getting all caught up in the Limerick tactics that you did last year and maybe bringing demons back into their mind from last year, if you know where I'm coming from. And... Let's, let's let's rest up. Let's play the best Waterford hurling we can play in Croker on on Saturday. And people had us written off four weeks ago. Yeah, I think the psychological aspect for Waterford is a big thing. Um, beating Tip, you see, obviously down in Waterford today, everybody's talking beating Tip, beating Tip. Um, first win since two thousand and eight, right? That's a big thing for Waterford hurling uh, to to beat Tipperary. So. From that perspective, Liam has got to bring him in now to see him and, and Mikey and the lads and discuss, obviously, last weekend, but looking forward to the, for this weekend. The key thing for from, from, from Liam's point of view is last year, Waterford got certain opportunities. Tyg de Burke then got injured uh, midway through the first half and Irla Daly came in to replace him. Now we have a situation where both Irla and Tyg are out of contingent to play next Sunday, which is a huge loss to, to Waterford. Uh, the central, the, those number three, six positions, Bunty is back, thankfully. And Connor Gleeson is back, by the way. Uh, Connor Gleeson is a very good player. Waterford cannot do anything else, only have a cut off this, lads. The way they have played right throughout the last uh, 
few weeks. They cannot go into that defensive mode that you were mentioning. Connor Gleason is going to add stability there. I'm just so disappointed to hear that Daly's not there to play at six to release Shane Bennett as a bigger option up front uh, for Waterford. Um, the Mikey Kylie situation also is in the back of my head. He had a huge impact, lads, when he came in last Sunday or Saturday evening. He was absolutely unbelievable. He won ball in the air. He was abrasive. He was strong. He scored two great points. Montgomery came in, a goal and two points. You know, they all had a huge impact in the game in the way they came in and the way they played. Waterford don't lack... I don't think Waterford lack for, would lack for energy. I don't think they lack with fatigue or tiredness. This is exciting times. They're back into the fray. They're fresh. They're fit. It's better than mundane training sessions. Uh, waiting for two weeks for the game. I think, in actual fact, the less time Waterford have to think about this Limerick scenario, as you mentioned, uh, Dalo, the better. But I am worried about the central spine. I am worried about Shane Bennett having to play at number six, particularly against the Keen Lynches of this world, Morrissey's, Hegarty's, all those boys that are going to be up front for Limerick. So from, from the defensive perspective, I have a huge worry for Waterford. From the freshness perspective, even though it's a, it's a four-game situation in 21 days, I think Waterford can overcome that, particularly with the guys that are rolling out that are coming in off the bench with the huge energy rate and the ability they have to play as well. So ability-wise, I have no problem uh, fitness-wise, freshness-wise. I have a huge problem the fact that their two ace centre-backs are out of, of action. That's going to be a huge uh I think disadvantage to Waterford going in when it really when it when it when it comes down to the nitty gritty and, and, and at Byron Point, you know, when the chips are yeah. down. Yeah, Mark, like they scored a record amount. They conceded probably a record amount as well, though. Um, is that is that well founded with Ken? Bennett for me, I think the jury's out. I just haven't seen enough of him there. And I thought early on, if I'm going to say straight out, I tell you, he was taking way too much out of the ball. Like centre backs hopping the ball off the ground. Bringing it into context, maybe getting away with it, and like you know, if you bring it into that context zone with Tim Savages uh, in the middle for Limerick, you would be turned over. I tell you, no matter who you are, you know, Paddy Maher, Ron Maher, and Shane Bennett in the, as big a man as them. So, but then, as TJ pointed out to us, like he changed his role a bit. He sat deeper. The two midfielders seemed to sit that little bit deeper. Baron Arion was totally forward, sat a bit. Mm. And his two wing backs in excelled, and lines obviously gives a whole dimension going forward. Kieran Bin at the top was brilliant. Yeah. So maybe they change it up, and maybe they have a different formula. Can be, if you like, defensively. Like those three players now, Irla Daly, uh, Shane Bennett, and Kieran Bennett would be on most intercounty half back lines at the moment. I think Waterford would be thrilled with how the three of them are playing in their form. Because one of the things for me for Shane is the fact that he missed 12 months hurling last year that he'd be away farther down the line, Anthony. I mean, he played full forward for the first couple of championship matches and then they reverted back to centre-back. Probably a necessity, a bit like Rob Downey with Cork, you know, that when your Tyke de Burkers and your Ella Dalys are injured. And I'd say they made a decision on Austin Gleeson that he was probably better for the team to go into the forward line rather than playing the back line. They would probably get a bit, few more scores from him because Shane Bennett hadn't been scoring and that was that was proved, as was last weekend, against Tip. And, and I don't want to put any grey areas around where the match is going to be won and lost and stuff like that. But, you know, when you play matches in quick succession like this, injuries are a big part of it and they're a significant influencer on where your team is at and what team you'll pick and what your tactics are going to be. So, 
you know, we'll just have to wait and see how that'll pan out. But I, I think, yes, Waterford have momentum. They're buzzing. But, like, take out, I think the, the seven or eight point victory flatters them slightly. I think if Tip got the three goals or got one of the three goal opportunities, it could be Tipperary, it could be in the final. I think fatigue is going to come into it. Um, you have to, it has to come in, lads, at some stage, 20 days, 21 days, four championship matches. I think that's going to catch up on 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 on, uh, on Waterford. And I also go back to the first two minutes of the All-Ireland final last year when Jamie Barron, as far as I was concerned, was saying, um, welcome, this is Limerick now. Like You're playing a real team. And Jamie Barron, you know, you have one chance now maybe to get back a little bit of vengeance on the boys who beat the living shite out in the first five minutes last year in the All-Ireland final and set the tone. But I think Jamie Bam is going to come in for close contact again this Saturday. Hi, and I can my, tell you, hi my name is William O'Donoghue. Correct. <laughs> and then when you move again, he hasn't moved like, you know. So I think Jamie Bam is going to come in for a lot of close attention. And a lot of what Waterford are about is how Jamie, Ly- Jamie Bam plays. Significant, significant um, uh, piece of play here at uh, next Saturday. Yeah. TJ, um Will you even bother looking for tickets and things now? You've gone like carry a bit now. You, you, you'll hold fire for two weeks' time and, and go up for the final? No, absolutely not. Still, I'll be there. We're certainly enjoying this team at the moment. And look, we know it's not going to last forever. So we're, we're, we're living in the moment. The reality is Limerick are sharp favourites. I know their favourites win the All-Ireland. And you'd probably say rightly so under the same performance on the, in, in the Munster final. But look, I'm sure... That these boys in Waterford will have plenty look at the first half as well. Um, the big plus for Waterford, you know, and any team you're involved in is their big players are playing well. And I suppose the form of Desi coming back uh, 1 3 at the weekend, that big plus. The Bennett's are playing well. The midfield we spoke about already. And obviously, Callum Lines, Kieran, or the Bennett's. It, it, all their big players, everything they want, are, are playing well. The midfield back for me is definitely going to be significant. Jamie Barron hasn't influenced the middle field against Limerick maybe in two games last year because of maybe being matched by Will who Limerick's midfield was kind of a little bit alone in the first half of that Munster final. They did seem to get the structure a bit right in the second half. How much of that was that the tip or how much did Limerick change? I suppose that's up for debate. But Peter Hogan and Jamie Barron scored seven points from play between two of them last week, which is a massive return of the middle of the field. That battle is going to be big. The other thing, I suppose, is the puck out for Watford that Ken alluded to earlier on. Like, when you have a situation like, like a Ronan Maher who's winning ball and then they just had to change it, they mightn't have that luxury as a forward as against a Limerick halfback line. So, that's a key factor for them. It did struggle for a while against him in the second half. So, but I'm sure the boys will have a look at that. Uh, from a Limerick point of view, uh, I think Galan was that. Um, and I'd say Dan Morrissey will probably be full back as well, like right, but Aussie's full forward or not with with, with C. I do I think the rest of the team will be the same. Look, so, so you've no you've no you've no Richie English and no Graham, you think? I think it's heading that way. Like look, the way the team they finished the last day, like I think Galan, like for whatever reason they dropped him for the months of final, I think he's done enough. Like, I think they're a different team with him. I think he definitely will start. Um but other than, other than that, I think Limerick will play as they normally play. That middle third will become very congested. Waterford do have pace, they do have runners, like they're bigger guys. And even as Ken said, they're the guys who came on baby part. Jack Fagan is definitely a massive handful. Uh, going back to the Ireland final last year, 
they seem to get their hand on the ball. So I think they will need to do that in order to cause Limerick problems. And I suppose the reality is four weeks is a question. Like, in the road is a long time. But look, maybe they get the bounce factor. Momentum is huge too. So, look, I'd, I'd, I'd like to think Limerick will just be in a better position. A few weeks prep, everything should be spot on for them. So, look, obviously I think Limerick will, will have enough to win the game. Yeah, um, and that's, that's a, a huge... Like, for me... I uh, no disrespect to every other team in the country. If you had four weeks in a row and then you were hitting and name everyone Kilkenny, Tip, uh, Cork, Galway, Clare, um, do you know, anyone you could be hitting them, and but you're hitting the team that's freshest that wants to go back to back. That just, I, for me, that's the deciding factor. I'm going to go back to the puck outs, Ken. Just for about 15 minutes against Tip, they couldn't win a puck out of any sort that was hit long. Everything came back down the field, and and I think Michael Dignan said it in his commentary that you know, and he may not be the biggest fan of sharp puck outs, Michael Dignan, who would be a very modern thinker on the game, you know. But you could sense that the Dignan was even saying, Here, Sean, go short there and try and work it because every time you lump it, it's going back down. And as you said in, in the review show, you know, you couldn't hit it down Ron Mars wing, you couldn't probably go down the middle at that stage. Whatever bit of joy came the other wing, but at the same time, most of it was coming back all the time. And that's a quandary now when you're facing in to Burns and Hayes and Hennon. And 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 TJ, you mentioned about players in, in the reviews too, like about Tom Brady and Hennon is the Hennon is the quarterback in, in, in our sport. If Tom Brady is the quarterback in the American football. So it's, it's for Sean O'Brien, there's got to be a puck out strategy worked on Kane, hasn't there? Yeah, and also you've got to give a goalkeeper that opportunity. I mean, we have a huge problem. And in fairness to Barry Horgan last Saturday, he had no one to book it at because we're not, we have no ball winner up front whatsoever. Since Bonner has left the scene and Niall O'Mara obviously out injured with appendicitis and whatever, we haven't got the ball winners to, to take the high ball. And it's, a, it's an issue going forward that we have to address. So the same scenario arose. And funny enough, uh, uh, TJ mentioned his name there. Jack Fagan was replaced probably too early by, by Waterford. They wanted to freshen it up, but then they had no aerial threat up front because Jack Fagan can feel the ball. Austin was carrying the injury, as Mark alluded to. When you have those guys missing and Sean O'Brien looks down the pitch and he sees those guys, nobody looking for the ball. Want some spot. Yeah, and the goalkeeping... Hmm. Tipperary, it took Tipperary, you know, 55 minutes to decide to push up on Waterford. Here we go. We've got to go for this game. We're seven points down. We've got to go for it. So we all push up. And that's when Barrett and Pawdy and Roland came to the fore. Big time winning ball, winning ball, winning ball. It's going to be a big uh, obstacle for Watford. Where do we hit now? Who do we hit? Jack Fagan's a critical man in that setup. So is Austin Mark. So Shane Bennett going mm -hmm. up front. Stephen Bennett, relatively quiet by his high standards. Right? Yes. Prendergast, yeah. an elusive player at centre forward. So now they've got to go into a situation is, Made, made two goals. Yeah, where are we going to win the ball? Oh, of course he did, and and uh, as nippy as hell. But where are we going to go with that puck out? So from that point of view, the Callum Lines is the Kieran Bennett's, and hopefully if you're the Daily, uh, from what I heard from Walford Mark is that he won't be playing. Ball. Yeah, lack of aerial threat. They need the Jack Fagans up front. They need the Austin Leesons, uh to have that avenue to go with, because as you mentioned, with that last quarter, Tipperary just pounds at him. Pounded him into the ground on the puck outs. And Sean O'Brien, 
great keeper. He safe kept him in the championship, but relatively inexperienced at, at, at the level we're talking about in Croke Park compared to the Stephen O'Keefe. So it is a big conundrum for Waterford, Dalo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So are we are all four of us going for Limerick? TJ said he is. I, I'd be going for Limerick. I just think it has to be a step too far for Waterford. I, I've loved, yeah. I've loved yeah. what they produced the last two weekends. In the joy to watch, brilliant for Hurling, not being condescending anyway in that now. But I just don't, I just I can't see a way for them to win this and unless Limerick take their eye off the ball and, and, and you know, listen to people talking like us. We're all, we're all, we're, we're giving four votes to Limerick, are we? Without doubt. Yeah, I think okay. so. Okay. Let's, great feature writer with the paper, PM O'Sullivan, uh, Dine the Wool, Belly Hale, and uh, Kenny Man. Great article today, you know, and, and spoke about Cork and, and everything. But his last, his last couple of like the mind games are unreal, like, you know, and, and Mark, you'll obviously be first to assist out, but his last paragraphs are, are uh, Cork or Bryant. Part of their uh, inheritance, 16 barren seasons or no 16 barren seasons, remains an ability to hurl as favourites. Saturday evening now holds as case in point. Something is different, wave or tide. Um, he tried to tee it up to their favourites, <laughs> and I had a quick look on the bookies, Gosh. and says evens, evens your choice. And I was actually surprised yeah. with that because I thought that Kenny, after winning Leinster, and that would would be and Cork, as you pointed out, that they're they're facing in all sorts of this 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 um three huge games three, in the twenty one days, three matches, in yeah. 14. So like yeah, is, yeah. is PM yeah. just trying to stir it up there? Like is is the, 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 that that um that that buoyancy? Is it, that's inherent in you, is it back? Asher, look, with the under-20s winning um, the, the the Munster Championship, and I said to last week, and they've had that last week was a massive weekend for Hurland in Cork because the seniors had won Saturday, the minors were out against Limerick on Tuesday and won. Then the under-20s were out Wednesday, they won the, the Munster Championship, and then our seniors won again at the weekend. So... Like, look, there's no doubt that Cork hurling at this moment in time is really, really on the rise. And then, of course, throwing the two boys that brought the gold medal back then from Skibbereen as well. Like, you know, so it has been a really good week there for, the, for all, all fellas, Cork. But, even, um, even Reggie, your yeah. man Reggie. Did you ever see Reggie, the fellow with the big mansion on the I Black Rock Road? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd be even talking yeah, hurling yeah, this yeah. week, I'd say. Oh, God, almighty unreal, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. So it's like... You're going in against the old enemy now, and like we we went in, I suppose hot. Well, I won't say hot fellas, but we were favourites the last time we played against them. The time Hoggy got three ten, but we didn't play well, and we never looked like we were going to to, to beat them on that occasion. And you'd be hoping the cocker in a better place right now. Um, they've definitely changed their style of hurling, and they've gone for pace. And it is the one thing I suppose. That, I suppose down through the years, Kilkenny maybe have struggled with pace, but their power is ferocious. And their ability to win 50-50 balls is probably second to none, to be honest. So I think it's, it's, it's contrasting styles in some respects between the two teams. And it'll probably be the team that will impose their game plan and their own style of game on will probably get the result. I think even your choice is probably correct. But... I suppose we've we've mentioned all year long that we, we felt that, that Munster Hurling is slightly ahead of Leinster, particularly with the form that we said Dublin didn't play well against Cork at the weekend, Galway haven't played well in the championship, you know. But you disrespect Leinster Hurling then and you know for years 
the Munster teams have been slashing each other's and, and, and Kilkenny were winning all Ireland's. I don't know one hundred percent Anthony. I I I I I have I, I I'm I'm torn in this game to pick one of the two teams, but there will be two contrasting styles, definitely. And if it'll go to a shootout, um when you have I suppose we have a lot of fellas that can score. They have a lot of fellas that can score equally. Rob Downey and TJ Reid. It's the biggest game of his life, Rob Downey's. Uh, Sean O'Donoghue will probably end up picking up on Cody, I would suspect. Um, I think the half-forward line that Kilkenny have could have a big bearing on it because I think they'll boom the ball down the top of our half-back line. And, you know, Mark Coleman, I don't think he's set the world alight. I think he's been very solid. But this is a big one. And I, and, I, and I do believe he is a quality player. There's no doubt about it. I think he's going to get a fair test um, this weekend. And, like, you know, Kilkenny have proved that the lads they have coming off the bench as well have significant roles to play. And the one fellow that we haven't seen, and he's been on the team and on the panel all year, is Richie, Richie uh, Hogan. Hasn't played any, any minutes yet. There's a possibility that he could see a bit of game time as well on, 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 on Sunday. But it's too close for me to call it, Dale. Contrasting styles. Uh, we just have to wait and see how it's going to pan out. But I, I think Kilkenny have had a nice look at Cork for the last two weekends. And there's no better boy than Cody and his selectors to find a weakness or find a hole. We would obviously don't think there's any weakness in our team. We're not naive enough to know that the best man in the business to find holes is Brian Cody. And he'll find them if they're there on Sunday. Yeah. And um, Tej, there's been a kind of a constant narrative, I'd say, less. Two, two, three years, maybe since the 18 match against Limerick, that if this Cork team could get back into Crow Park and you know, that the speed and the, the you know, the the Robbie O'Flynn's, the, the Shane Kingston's, now the Jack O'Connor factor like that, they'd be very difficult to to hold. But then I, I, I'd be thinking about it last night and this morning, even and like this is like a home ground for Kilkenny, like <laughs> they're training in Northern Park, but they're playing Crow Park. You know, and that's, that's that's the bottom line, like isn't it? There's no team, like there's no team in Ireland more equipped, minor twenty one senior up along all of them we came through than going up to Croker. Everything down to Fine Arts, into the Crown Plaza up there in the north side near the airport and and down and <laughs> maybe COVID has changed that routine slightly, but it won't phase them going to Croker, like no, definitely not. And I think I've said in the pile already that. We're talking about Limerick and Walsh and Cork and you know, like Cody, like same in the Leinster Championship earlier on. We ran about Galway, we ran about David, and a big year was for them. And Cody just comes along and he wins the last two Leinster Championships without much of a fuss and just has a little snigger driving out of Crow Park and does a kind of a touch of the same again here. We're talking about all the other teams and you know he's consistently doing what he does best. And I think Mark gave him gone there earlier on the show, and he they're like, yeah. he's going to be replaced shortly, like yeah. that. So, yeah. um, everything had to change, this, right? <laughs> yeah, everything had to change. This, this is a difficult game to call for sure. It, it, it is contrasting what Mark said about the, the styles. Um, there's a lot to like for Cork, there's no doubt their curve is on the way up, even off the bench where Connolly and Barris and all these boys be to the table is a positive for Cork. Then Kilkenny are the opposite. Like the work rate and the savagery have Kilkenny, they just just eat that up around the middle of the field. The chances that Dublin got in the early part of the game, what we touched on earlier, if Kilkenny get them, they could they could do damage. But I'm also going to flip that then by saying 
I think Cork's pace will trouble Kilkenny at the back. There's no doubt about that in Crow Park. So if if there was ever a game that you could sit on fence on, this is definitely one of them. Um, I know I've mentioned the left dog in the past, Dale, and like this game is definitely one of them. And, and which way I'm going to go? This um, is one of the deafest dogs of all. Like. It is, it is, it is. You'll be calling a long time, like yeah. So <laughs> you, could I, out, you could be out around I, the fields looking for this dog. <laughs> <laughs> calling, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that centre of Cork's defence will have to continue working in order to make sure they keep these boys at bay. Like if they go down at full back, I think he has to have, keep his trajectory on the way up. Goldman at six will have to have a big game. Um, I think that they'll need to keep because Kikini will get goals, as we know. So I think that will be the deciding factor of the game. Cork have been scoring them all year. If they can keep the goals up for Kikini, they can get two or three themselves, that'll probably be the difference. But there's a lot of ifs there, as I just have said. Yeah. I'll, I'll kick to Ken there and see what he says. Yeah, well, like Ken, Ken, <laughs> Ken then, a lot of it will be talk about, you know, it'll be talk about TJ and Downey, but a lot of it will be talk about how will Kikini handle the pace but I just thought against Dublin I was really impressed with you Lawler I think Deegan in some ways is now the spiritual leader of the team from behind TJ if you know what I mean uh, Tommy Wilde's playing really well in the other corner adds a bit of pace I thought James Maher the last day really stepped up now Sutcliffe caused him problems early on he was put back to mark him but then he marked Sutcliffe in the second half and came up with three from play and then you've, you've Parik Walsh um, sitting in the middle there like so like you, you, like I, I'm not so sure this this thing lack of pace and all that is is they're tough hardy boys. We mentioned about about Liam Rush missing Tim O'Mahony and we missing we mentioned about um no tip fella coming to meet Kyle Hayes. I tell you, Paddy Deegan came to meet Lee Chin when he saw him coming at him. Yeah. So look at Ken. I I that might be overplayed because Morph behind them then is probably the goalie the go tough. You had to go Nicky obviously, but geez Morph like. You know, behind yeah. all that, mashing like a sweeper as well. Yeah, yeah, and he's not part of my fantasy team either, Owen, because of the fact of of the way I picked the team. But I, coming from a Kilkenny point of view, and I've dealt with a lot of Kilkenny in my time, and of course I played Leinster College as hurling um, myself with Bor, so I know the Kilkenny scene pretty well. Um, going back to the column lines refereeing performance. Um, of letting the game go and flow. I think there's definitely, uh, when we heard the, the massive quote during the year, Camogie has become more physical than hurling. I think that, you know, um, definitely filtered through to Croke Park. And I think they've discussed it and said, lads, hurling is a physical game. We've got to be sensible here. We've got to let the game go. I think you're going to see two ferocious physical games this weekend coming up. Limerick are going to come in with their physicality you know, against a very fast Waterford team, which I've mentioned already. But Kilkenny, lads, Paddy Deegan, you know, uh, Brian has played with him a note. Um, Connor Brown, lads, another animal of a player, great player, great pedigree. We didn't mention him in the middle of the field. I think Kilkenny are going to come with a ferocious physicality, a fair physicality to Crow Park. They have the aces in the pack, you know, the Onet goals. Hugh Lauder becoming a top-class fullback. Horik Walsh, top-class centre-back. And, of course, all the guys up front, the Adrian Mullins of this world, the own Cody's, the TJ Reeds, you know, Big Walter and Richie maybe coming in. Killian Buckley, lads, is only coming in as a sub. Killian Buckley's still in the prime of his career. You know, a non-drinker, you know, looks... Connor Fogarty. Looks the part. Connor Fogarty, battle-hardened, you know. So, from that point of view, 
I know Cork have done very well. You know, they got the win over Clare. They came back after the Limerick game. Cork, you, you know, everybody's jumping out to say, come on, Cork, come to Crow Park, show us what you're made of, get to that All-Ireland final, reach the Holy Grail again. But from my perspective, I'm not going to sit in defence. I'm going to say that this Kilkenny team will be preparing this for the last three weeks. I think they'll have all the matchups weighed up. I think James McGarry and Co are very smart at the back, you know, in the backroom team. I think it's just going to be a war of attrition. Who's going to come up on top of that? It's the guys that can snipe the scores, snipe the scores. Rampaging Walter coming in as well, you know, in the last 25 minutes to, to create mayhem in, in the defence. I think they're definitely a team in progress, Mark Cork. I think fantastic success mm. at 20 level. Um, I think they're coming through nicely. I think this could be a bridge too far. I'm seeing, I'm just seeing a repeat of the 2019 All Ireland semi final, Kilkenny and Limerick. You know, I think it's just going to come up like like that. I think Kilkenny have one last kick in them, uh, particularly the TJ situation. Um, you know, we we're I'm not writing him off, but he is 34 years of age, still a fantastic player. Hoggy at the other end, coming up to 34 as well. Whoever comes out on top in that in those battles, obviously will have a major outcome as to the scoreline. But I feel lads, Kilkenny, whether we like it or not, the Linster lads are saying, shag these monster boys. <laughs> I'm sick of listening to them. Uh, we're yeah. representing Leinster. We're representing the rest of Ireland here. We're going to prove a pie next Sunday, and we're going to play in the All Ireland final. Yeah, I, I think, I think, yeah. uh, Ken, you, you're off the fence there, and fair play. But uh, I think, I think the, the the Leinster Conference is not as strong as the Munster Championship. But I think Kilkenny are kind of an outlier for all that, for all the reasons of tradition and everything else, and Marco. What? What? Come on! You can, I know even your choice is. I, is I, right. I Actually, like, like, listen, you know, and, and like Henry has, Henry Sheffield has mentioned it a good few times, like you forget about Leinster, like, you know, and, and I think, and, and I think, yeah, and I think, you know, that is probably the rock that we perish on because the lads from Kilkenny fatten and that kind of talk, like, you know, because they go about their business very, very efficiently, minimum amount of fuss, and they just get the job done. And, and like, after, I don't know, 17 or 18. Leinster Championship going under Brian Cody and they're enjoying it as much now as they were when they won their first one. So, I just, I think everything will have to go right for Cork, Anthony, if Cork had to win. And the big word again, and Keon Kingston keep mentioning it, the players keep mentioning it, is consistency of performance. And what you're hoping out of Cork is that they will bring that consistency again that we saw in the last couple of games. But I just think they might come up a slight bit short, Anthony, this weekend. I think the three-week break will have done Kilkenny a power of good, um, and I don't, I, I don't think we can afford like we gave the Dublin forwards ample opportunity to put us away over the weekend. They weren't capable of putting us away. I think Kilkenny, if they get the same opportunities, will put will put us away, unfortunately, um, because you know their forwards don't miss chances. So for me, you know, if we get a massive performance out of the team. And Hoggy gets up with another three ten and stuff for that, and the Jack O'Connors will would set the. We have a chance. We definitely have a chance. But I think I'd be very very fearful of Kilkenny just sitting in the grass waiting for us. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a heart and head situation. So uh, yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah. It it is like it is. It is now like for us to we need fifteen fellas to perform out of their skins, and that can happen. Yeah. I've no doubt it can happen. Um. 
And you could course. see your supporters, Mark. You know, when the when the cameras went to the crowd, geez, you could see that fire back in the cocklads in the crowd, like and uh, the yeah. fists were pumping. And, yeah. You know that there is that. And we'll be there. Uh, yeah. Like, look, people. I must say, I've got three or four texts there now since 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 the weekend. How do I about go about getting tickets? Like, you know, and these are people now that are not, we'll say, GA people in some respects. Like, you know, how can I get tickets for the match? So they want to go, but they're probably putting a social element to it as well. So, um, I, I just. We we need a victory, you know. We need Cork needs to be back in an All Ireland final. I, I think you know whoever's refereeing it'll have a bit of a fair bit of pressure on them, like you know. Um, Kitty feeds they need to be I there guess. every year. You you do realize that as well, like. Oh, I know that. I know. But come here, listen to me. They've been there too often. Now it's about time we spread it around a smile a little bit. And it. it has been sixteen years since we saw Liam McCarthy. So, and like the one thing I would say, like I'd love to see a Kilkenny. Uh, Limerick final, right? I would love to see that now. But yes, if Cork got to the final against Limerick, there's a lot of demons that have to be um, after the semi-final defeat the last time. Like you know, I do, I do. I, I don't know. Would you like to? Play, I don't know. Would you like to play us, TJ? Now, TJ who, final who, in a one-off yeah, match. TJ, who do you want to meet in the final? <laughs> well, I'm I'm going to be I'm going to be very political here, right? Is I'll be on next Monday once we get over water. We don't like looking ahead of ourselves. Our history tells us let's live in the moment and let's deal with what the facts. Did you get ahead of yourselves in other times? Ah, uh, we definitely <laughs> <laughs> miles, miles, Dilla, miles. <laughs> the homecoming, the homecoming was planned. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I just think that Cork's pace will cause this Kilkenny backline problems in Crow Park. I think, as I said before, Connor is a game changer. Like. You just can't leave him in a one-on-one. Do you know what I mean? The teams are playing with two up top, right? Like, just you really, really have to mind the house to a, to a much better degree because, like, when he goes to the afterburners and he's got goal in his mind, I think it's a game changer for Cork. So, um, like, getting off the fence, I, I I'm thought about this game and I just think that this Munster form is ahead of the Leinster form, and I'm going to tip Cork to get over the line marginally. Maybe as Ken said at the start of the show. Maybe even after extra time. And Mark, that is the death nail now with the way he's been going with the tip and this year, Barry Limerick. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and he might turn it around. Like I said, there's a late kick. Everybody down, everybody down to Penny Powell's. TJ's just kicking kick. off the win. <laughs> but like I, I said, I said in the in the review show that he could come with a wet sail and this fantasy hurling and catch Ken Hogan down the stretch. I see he's he's nicely stacked with Limerick fillers. And a, a sprinkler, and he's hoggy as captain as well. So he's typically that's captain, a big plus. Yeah. Tell your kid, watch your back yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, it's from. I can, see, I can see why he's back in Cork now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, from the, from, from the banner from the banner point of view. Um, Gary Spillane are not turning up on Wednesday night to play Clarecastle in a pre-arranged challenge match. But TJ's after coming off the Gary Spillane fence, so the Clarecastle vote is going to go for a repeat of seventy-three. With a famous victory for Limerick after how many years, TJ? Back to the forties, wasn't it? Twice, twice, twice. Was way yeah. back, and and like I just think, I think, uh, I think the schedule might come against Cork. I wouldn't underestimate Cork though, and I mentioned their supporters no. a minute ago that if things start to roll for Cork, they could become an yeah. animal that that is very hard to control, and and I think they could like this isn't the greatest kick any team. You know, in the last twenty years, by a long shot, for me. But 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 Dela, that they, that's the kind of matches like 
we know go back a decade, right? They had brilliant, brilliant players, right? And then the whole narrative for the last five or six years, ah, we're not as good as we used to be. But by Jesus, are they competitive? Yeah. They'll fight in their backs tooth and nail. And you're right, TJ, that Jack O'Connor has lit up the season, right? And he's a game changer. Do you mean to tell me that they're having the corner back to smarting and he's, sh- he's shaving the fucking holy nose? Just for the Jack O'Connor. Can you just imagine Willie O'Connor or Eddie O'Connor? They're, and they're not loving to see Jack O'Connor coming in. But like they're not. They're, they're shaving the holy, but not shaving the face. <laughs> yeah. John, so, John Power I, John Power used to come in I got the pleasure of marking John Power once or twice and I marked him in Ireland semi-final in 97 all expecting him to go straight in with 11 on his back on Shawnee you know I'm just, we're just I'm waiting for I can't remember who even now but next thing the ginger lad from Callan makes his way over to me right and uh, Jesus I said hey rude this is then my think you know back then now when the teams were named you didn't see that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we thought for Shawnee as well that he'd definitely be going to Shawnee. So I put out the hand and when he caught my hand and he gave it a squeeze, lads, now as if he was going to break it. And he said, Horn cats, Lord a moan bear into my face, like. And I said, Jesus, in the split second, I had to make a stand, like. Do you know, I'd either, t- I'd either just put away my hand and try and win the first ball, or I said, Fuck you now, John. Decided. Well, I just shoved the hand back and I said, you're backing up the wrong tree here, Johnny. And I was bluffing now. I'm going to admit straight out, I was bluffing. <laughs> and I tell you, a combination of, I won two old breaking balls behind McMahon and cleared them as you only would that time. There was no sharp ball to midfield. He would try and hit Sparrow or get it up to Clancy. And, and uh, next thing, Shawnee caught two puck outs in a row. And next thing, Nicky Brennan was running in saying, John, center. And I kind of was half glad that that call was made. <laughs> <laughs> and I told him afterwards, I met him up in Crow Park after one of the big games of the four in a row team. And I, I just said to him, John, you know, you know how relieved I was to see you heading into the center that day. I kind of waved in it. I waved in at McMahon to kind of say, best of luck now. He's gone off me. Like, you know, so. <laughs> yeah, look, uh, look, look, it's, it, lads, it's what a weekend. Um, what a weekend. I just, I, can't, I just can't wait. Like, it's just magic stuff. What a weekend. And I think I want to concur with Ken. I hope the two referees have a quick listen. Just, lads, we, lo- we know, Colum, you're the brilliant game. Colum, you facilitated the best game, I think, this year. A lot of people will say, Kenny Wexford, but for me, Tip Walford was the best game this year. You made that happen, Colum. We might keep an out now about one decision. But we want to see that. Whoever gets the nod uh, to do the game. So, lads. Best of luck to everyone. Best of luck to the myself and Ken are only looking on as neutrals. Best of luck to the two of ye. Uh Lachie cause um I, I'll still meet the two of ye in the stall anyway. Uh so thanks to Reno, thanks to the listeners, thanks to Butler Hurleys for the fantasy sponsorship, and uh we'll see you all again next week. With Reno, passion for what drives you, official car partner of the GAA. To know what's really happening, subscribe to the Irish Examiner today at irishexaminer.com forward slash subscribe. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.